Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Bibles to the book of Psalms. We want to look together today at the 100th Psalm, perhaps one of the more famous Psalms this morning. Psalm 100. And uh, thinking about and preparing for what is my favorite holiday, it is the holiday of Thanksgiving. It is a holy and a righteous time. And someone wrote this list of things for which he is thankful. And may I just add, that is a very healthy exercise for any person. No matter what your age is, if you are 100 years old, 10 years old, or anywhere in between, it would be very healthy for your soul this morning to open up a piece of paper, open up a notebook, and write down a list of things for which you are thankful. This is what one man wrote. He said, I am thankful for the taxes I pay because it means that I'm employed. I'm thankful for the clothes that are a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs to be mowed, for windows that need to be washed, for gutters that need to be cleaned because it means I have a place to stay. I'm thankful for the huge heating bill that shows up each month because it means that I am warm. I'm even thankful for the piles of laundry because it means that there are loved ones that live close to me. Now, your list might be different from that, but I am convinced this morning that if any one of you would make such a list, you would find out, once again, you would remember how blessed you really are. How much more than just the material possessions that you own, it is more than that, it is a spirit of gratitude. Like you, I'm sure, uh, my list, if I was to write it out, would include the major things in my life, the health, family, friends, our nation that we live in, even, even with all the flaws. But can I tell you today, the thing that I am most thankful for in my life is the salvation that God has provided to my soul. Where would you be without Jesus this morning? It's a scary thought. I'm so thankful every time I come into the presence of God. I once again am just blown away that he even allows me to step foot into his church without frying my ears off. I deserve death, hell, and the grave, but God has been merciful to me, a sinner. And that ultimately is why we have Thanksgiving. It's not because we have a bunch of stuff and gorge our faces till we can't see straight. The reason that we celebrate Thanksgiving is because of God. Thanksgiving must have an object. 
You cannot give thanks to nothing. That's why I feel bad for atheists. If they are ha- celebrating Thanksgiving, they are, they are uh, exercising great hypocrisy. Because who are you thankful to, bro? Thanksgiving must have a target, must have an object. And I believe as we look at this psalm today, I want to remind you of some things to be thankful for. I can guarantee you that there is a direct connection between gratitude and good mental health. And so uh, I'm going to save you $75 on the psychiatrist's couch. I'm going to help you this morning. The happiest people in the world are those, not who have everything right in their lives, not who have fat bank accounts. The happiest people in this life are those who wander around trying to find new ways to give thanks to God and to those around them. And that's what I want to help you do today. Psalm 100, let's read the whole thing. It's only five verses. Follow along with me. Psalm 100, verse 1. A psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Some of you are better at that than others. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we come by the precious blood of Jesus. I thank you for the people gathered here in this place. I'm praying, God, for your spirit to move in power and in might, God, that you would do more than I can do in my flesh, that you would speak and bring revelation to every heart this morning. God, that we would once again turn our eyes to heaven and remember the manifold blessings that you've placed in our lives. We do not deserve, but God, you are so gracious and merciful. Let us turn once again to gratitude and thankfulness. We give you glory all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, Amen. Amen. I want to begin this message I've titled, Enter with Thanksgiving. And first first of all, I want to give you a very short history of the Thanksgiving tradition that we have here in the United States. It's an incredible, miraculous story. Now, many of you have been taught in your public school education that the very first Thanksgiving happened in Massachusetts. And you have been taught wrong. The very first Thanksgiving that ever occurred was here in Virginia. It was on the shores of the James River, near the city of uh, Charles City, just up the river, uh, just a few miles away from Richmond. It was there that the very first crew landed. They, uh, they were called the, uh, the, Berkeley, uh, the Berkeley Company. They had sailed for two and a half months over the Atlantic. The ship entered into the Chesapeake Bay, November 28, 1619. They were for a week navigating the stormy bay, but finally arrived at the destination. They called it the Berkeley Plantation on December 4, 1619. It happened to be a Sunday. They got off of their boat, and the very first thing that happened was that they declared it a yearly and perpetually kept holy as a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God. 
This was a full year and seven months before the settlers landed at Plymouth Rock up in Massachusetts, and they did their thing too. But we have the rights to say the very first Thanksgiving was not about turkey. It was about prayer. It was about acknowledging that they would not be here. Now, I just want you to think about those early settlers, those early pilgrims as they came to establish a new world for the glory of God. Can I tell you something? They had nothing. When they showed up, they had no cars. They had no smartphones. They had no Facebook or Twitter. They had no Instagram. They had no filters to make themselves look better. Can you imagine what that would be like? What a horrible world that would be to live in. They had no apps to improve their lives. They had, no, they had homemade shoes. Many of them had barely survived the journey. Their boats were infested with vermin. They had sicknesses. There was new sickness. And by the way, there was no roads. There was no houses. It was just all forest land. You ever been out in the forest? I mean, you could just go, if you went through that door, I, I would give some of you five minutes before you came running back because there's a forest right there. And you would not like it, but this is where they landed. They came into, and the very first thing they did when they had very little to be thankful for, but the very first thing they did was they said, thank you, Lord. We're going to establish this day of fasting and prayer, and it will continue from that time until now. The bottom line is that these first pioneers of the new world made sure that they entered with thanksgiving. That is the scripture that we read. That was not an accident this morning. Did you hear what the word of God said? It said in verse 4, enter in to his gates with thanksgiving. In other words, this morning, you can't even get through the gate until you have a thankful and a grateful attitude. I think there'd be a few people that wouldn't make it. We live, we live in a very self-centered time. We live in a time of great expectation. We make demands. We say, what I have is not enough. Every advertisement you see on, on, on online and, and billboards and, and advertisement, everywhere you go, you know, every single advertisement you see, you know what it's telling you? What you have is not good enough. You need the better one. You need the new one. You need the one that's flashier. You need the one that's more expensive because what you have is not good enough. And we live our whole lives with the, with the consumer mentality. I just need one more. Just another car and I'll be happy. Just a bigger house and it'll be better. Just the, 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 I just need some, some, some um, fresher shoes, man. I just need, I just need uh, my, my team to win one more championship. Right? This is our entitled generation that we say, well, what I have is just not enough. But can I tell you that it's completely opposite to the kingdom of God? That's why we sang that song this morning. Christ is enough for me. If you have Christ this morning, what else do you need? He never promised that he'd give you everything you wanted in life. Thank God for that. You know, you know the people who get everything they want, they're destroyed. You ever seen what happens to people who win the lottery? Family torn apart, divorce, drug addiction, go to Vegas, never find them again. It's horrible because they get everything they want. Thank God he doesn't give us everything we want, but he does give us exactly what we need, and that is Christ. 
Christ is enough for me. And for that, we ought to be thankful. Thanksgiving Day is a distinctive holiday. It does not commemorate a battle or a birthday or an anniversary. It is simply a day set aside to express gratitude to God. In 1789, we fast forward 150 years, President George Washington at this time made a public proclamation, and that precedent had been followed by every president since, that he says, by the President of the United States of America, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. This is why he was in office, by the way. Let me just remind you. The providence of Almighty God to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, to humbly implore His protection and favor. He says, and whereas both, both houses of Congress, by have their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Can you imagine both houses of Congress coming together to ask the president to set aside a day for prayer and fasting? That's exactly what happened in 1789. Oh, no, we're not a Christian nation. We may not be now, but we were. This week, let's never forget why Thanksgiving Day is on the calendar. Can I tell you, China doesn't have a Thanksgiving Day. Russia doesn't have a Thanksgiving Day. Other nations that I can't think of at the moment don't have a Thanksgiving Day. Only America and and Canada and I think the Philippine Islands. God bless those Filipinos, man. They have Thanksgiving because they acknowledge what we acknowledge this morning, that we would not be here without God. So when you go to Walmart this week and pick up your frozen butter ball, don't ever forget that we are not thankful for leaves falling. We're not just thankful that the, that the, uh, the pilgrims and the Indians could get along. They were grateful to God, and we should celebrate gratitude to God. We pause to celebrate this day as our forefathers have. So often, though, it is such, such an opposite direction from most of our generation. I, I heard the story about somewhere in, uh, in Mexico that there was a very odd, uh, an odd thing that was found. There was, in, in one close area, there was both a hot springs and a cold spring that were found side by side. And because it was so convenient, this natural phenomenon, the women there would bring their baskets of laundry. They would take their clothes first into the hot spring, and then after it was finished, they would wash, and they would take it to the cold spring to cool it off. The tourist came and watched this procedure and said to his guide, wow, they must think that God is so generous to supply such clean, hot, and cold water. And the guide told him, no, senor, Actually, there is very much fighting and grumbling because God gave us no soap. (laughs) I think this morning that's why God put the 100th Psalm in the Bible. I think that's why it's there. Because no matter how many blessings you get in your life, you have a temptation. 
to say it's not enough. I didn't get enough yet. All the blessings that you received, but I didn't get enough. The message of Thanksgiving was written, of course, for the Jews, the people of Israel. And he had told them, God told them, how many blessings did God deliver to his people? How many times did he rescue them from certain danger? How many times he brought them out of Egypt by the great mighty hand of God, by by great signs and miracles? They brought him through the the Red Sea, split it apart. They walked across on dry ground. No generation has seen miracles like that generation. They came out in freedom to worship the Lord. And did you ever read that one scripture where it says that on the way out, all the Egyptians gave them their gold and their silver? As they were kicking them out of their country, they said, here, take all of our gold, too. They've got their pockets full on the way out, man. They're dragging bags like treasure, like loot. That our matey, we we made a, a big hole, man. And they're wandering through the desert with go- so much gold and blessing and freedom, and they're only out there for three days. And what do they do? Oh man, it's hot out here. <laughs> oh, it's too hard. God, where's the water? We're thirsty. Started complaining. Moses, it's your fault. You did it. You brought us out here to die. We want to go back. All of that blessing. And they said, it's not enough. It's not enough. God, over and over, He said, He gave them this promise that I'm going to take you out and I'm going to put you into a promised land. And when you arrive at this land, the Bible says it flows with milk and honey. There's blessing there. There's great blessing things you can't understand there'll be houses that you didn't build that you'll get to live in there's going to be wells that you didn't dig filled with cold delicious water you didn't have to dig them but it'd be there just waiting for you you'll be able to defeat your enemies everywhere that your foot will tread i will give to you and what happened they stepped into this promised land And they started living in all of these nice houses that they didn't have to build. And they were drinking the water, the nice, cool, clean water from the well. Oh, that's good. And they said, it's not enough. It's not enough. And the Bible says that what God predicted came to pass that they forgot. They forgot about God. They forgot that all of these blessings that they had received, where they had come from, who had given them to them. And this is exactly what happens with you and I. If you would search your heart this morning, there have been times in the last week, the last month, the last year, when you've shook your fist at God and said, why? Why are you doing this to me, God? It's not enough. With all the blessings that God is putting. Did you know God doesn't have to keep you alive? He could have killed you a long time ago. And he would have been right to do it. But he keeps you alive. You're still here today. What a blessing. Sometimes we need a reminder, don't we? That's why the psalm is here. Did you notice who the psalm is directed toward? even though it was written to Israel. The first verse says that it's written to all the earth. The last verse says it's written to every 
generation. That means this message of thanksgiving is so necessary for the human condition that it applies to every person on the earth, no matter where you've come from, where you are today, where you're going. You need to hear this. Be thankful. I wonder how different our world would be if not just the United States, but everyone around the world would just stop and say, man, thank you, God. Thank you for the things you put in my life. There's something about giving thanks to God. It repairs broken relationships. It repairs what has been broken. You can't say thank you to God without first coming to him and saying, man, I'm so sorry for that stupid thing I did. God, I just want to thank you for having patience on me. Can I tell you, that's also true with the the vertical relationship. It's true with the horizontal relationships. That's why Thanksgiving is not properly celebrated in isolation. That's why we get together. That's why we have a feast. That's why we play games and give testimonies. Because, listen, if all you do is sit there and watch Netflix all day, you're not really thankful. It is about a community, get together, a family. where we can take all all of our little petty arguments and set them aside, at least for one day. America is in desperate need for something like this. We are divided on so many levels. Our Our culture is divided. Our politics are divided. People, we look at the other side and we think they can't even be human. We need to, once again, show some gratitude. This is a uniquely American holiday. We have the real danger this morning of determining how thankful we were going to be based on how much we have. Well, I'm not going to be thankful this year because I lost my job. You might have lost your job, but at least you didn't lose your legs. You know what I'm saying? We all have something that we could be thankful for. And this is what we find in the 100th Psalm. It is the object of of our gratitude. In verse 1, you find the word Lord. In verse 2, you find the word Lord again. In verse 3, there it is, the word Lord. In verse 4, it says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. And in verse 5, there it is one more time, Lord. See, you can't have thanksgiving without the Lord. I read an interesting story about a guy named Alex Haley. He's the guy who wrote the, the, uh, the book called Roots. In his office, he had an unusual picture hanging on the wall. It was the picture of a turtle stranded on the top of a fence post. Somebody would ask him, why do you have that hanging on your wall? And he answered, every time I write something significant, every time I read my own words and think that they are great, every time I start to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post, and I remember... That he didn't get there on his own. Somebody had to help him. That's what we do on a Thanksgiving day. We remember that all of the blessings in our lives is not because of how great, how smart you are, how awesome your face is, how faithful you've been. No, you are a turtle on a post, man. And you have gotten a lot of help over the years. Can you say amen? All right, let's close and let's look at the five Thanksgiving commandments. Are you with me today? Five commandments given to those who want to be thankful to God. The first commandment, verse 1, says, 
Shout! Everybody shout! That was weak. You can do better than that. Shout! Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Commandment number one is don't be quiet. See, Potter's house in Virginia Beach is pretty good at being noisy. We got a lot of problems, but you know what? One thing we can do, and we can be loud for Jesus. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. That word shout is related to the trumpet blast that is, uh, that is common in Jewish ceremonies. They would have the ram's horn that they would blast, and it was so loud you could hear it through the hills and the valleys. And that word shout, it's a proclamation of victory. It is William Wallace on the battlefield, right? You can take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom! Ah, charge! Victory! That's what that shout is. You got something to shout about this morning. Has God solved your problem? Has he given you a direction? Has he revealed himself to you? That's why you're sitting here this morning, right? Somewhere along the way, God has given you something to shout for. So often we let the world shout for stupid things. We, we, we let the world shout for the color of the jersey on the player because he put a ball through a hoop. And the whole place goes, ah! And Christians are in church going, <laughs> yeah, I'm real excited. What's wrong with us? We got something to shout about this morning. There was a missionary named Roland Allen. And for years he was a missionary. One day a man came uh, and, and delivered this testimony. The missionary uh, who introduced himself and he said, I was a medical missionary for many years in India. I served in a region where there was a prog progressive blindness. People who were born in this area always begin to lose their sight as they grew older. But this particular missionary had developed a treatment which would stop the blindness from happening. So the people came to him, he would perform the treatment, and they would leave realizing that without him, they would have completely become blind. But because of him, their sight was restored. He said that in those times, in those places, that they never came to say thank you because they didn't even have a word for thank you in their language. Instead of saying thank you, they spoke a certain word that when translated into English, it says, I will tell about your name. So wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who had cured their blindness. They received something so wonderful that they eagerly proclaimed it. This is the shout. This is what our lives after Jesus should be about, is shouting his name to the world around us. That was a good place to say amen. Suddenly, you realize that God's been so good to you that you can't keep it inside. Commandment number two is serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. Can I say it doesn't just say serve the church or serve the preacher or serve the organization or the fellowship. It says serve the Lord. Because the reason why is if you are serving for any other reason, it's not going to be long until you give up. But when you are serving the Lord, when you are serving Him because of what He has done in your life, then it doesn't matter what problems you go through. 
You're going to say, I'm not serving this for you, pastor, or for my church, or for the other crazy people that are in here. I'm serving you, Jesus, and I can keep going. I can do what's right. I can keep my heart right. Matthew 25, 40, Jesus said, as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Psalm 100 says, whatever you do, serve the Lord with gladness. Third commandment is come before him with joyful songs. See, we have a time in every service dedicated for the singing of songs, and I know that can be painful sometimes. And I know we don't have it all together in every song. And I know there's a few of you who love to sing in off-key harmony really, really loud. (laughs) And that makes it hard for everyone, but we are making a joyful noise to the Lord. I'm not here to sing to you or you or you or you. And you're not here to sing to me. We come here and we sing to the author and the finisher of our salvation because of the thing that he has done. This is unique in Christianity. Can you name another religion that calls people to sing? You see that in Buddhism? You see that in, uh, in Hinduism? I know they do their, their call to prayer. I don't think that's singing. We come into the house of God and we're so filled with joy and gratitude. The only thing we can do is sing praise to God. Have you noticed? God wants you to be happy. Can I tell you, you can't sing a song of praise with a, with a foul attitude. <laughs> I see people, man. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad. <coughs> Jesus set me free. That don't work, does it? It does not compute. No. That's why when you come into the house of God, it's got to be a joyful noise, not just a noise. Come before him, serve him, and sing his praise with joy in your heart. Command number four. Are you with me this morning? Number four, it says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. That's verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In other words, God knows who you are. He knows every little embarrassing detail about you. That can be frightening and it can also be very comforting. To understand that even with all of my warts and flaws and mistakes and problems, that God, he knows who I am and cares about me and wants to change me so that I can serve him. That he made me and he is still making us. The work is not finished this morning. He's not finished fixing your temper. He's not finished cleansing your mind. He's working on us. He's making us. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 1, verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's close with the fifth commandment of thanksgiving. And this is the most important. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I want to close with this last thought. A lack of gratitude, the spirit of I don't have enough, is incompatible with the kingdom of God. The commandment is, I want you to enter in. Can I tell you, God's, he looks down at this generation, at, at every crazy and every stupid person that lives here. And he says, I want you to enter in to my gates. That's, that's good news, isn't it? With how crazy and messed up we are and how many lies we've told and how much perversion is out there. Listen, God says, I want you to come and enter in to my gates. But you're not getting in here without thankfulness without gratitude. Because gratitude and thankfulness means humility. I wouldn't be who I am without you, God. And that is what my final thought I want you to leave with you today, is that God has the desire to meet with you, to know you, to fellowship with you. But before you can do that, we've got to have a change of mind, a change of heart. Spirit of gratitude. Don't be so spoiled with the expectations that you forget to give God praise. Don't let the blessings steal your heart from the blesser. He's here this morning, and he wants you to enter in. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we bring the service to a close. I do appreciate your attention and your patience this morning. I want to take just a moment as we... We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.